You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with the heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Let us pray. Most gracious and ever-living God, we thank you that you have um, gathered us this day. And as we are gathered in your name, I do pray that you would be uh, in the midst of us and ultimately at this time that not my word, but Lord, uh, that your living word, Jesus, would go forth and that we would find in him that which is given thanks for this day, that in him uh, is life. All this we ask, all this we offer. In the name of your Son, who is Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. Begin by sharing this morning that I am not surprised at the uh, perfection of the lesson which is placed before us this day, this portion of the 20th chapter of John's gospel. It's the gospel lesson that's typically read on the Sunday after Easter, but it certainly is timely now, isn't it? The disciples find themselves in a time of self-imposed quarantine. They are quarantined. They are uncertain. They're fearful. They're anxious. Many in the world around Uh, them are indifferent. All these various emotions, all these various thoughts uh, are going on, uh, and so I'm not the least bit surprised at the perfection and the timeliness of God's Word um, to speak to the situation in which they found themselves and the situation in which we find ourselves now. And as I begin by sharing that, I I ask you the question, how are you? Um, How are you um, doing as we are gathered together this morning? And the chances are, I would imagine, that you um, are all over the map, and to some degree, that's, uh, that's where I've been just in and of myself, all over the map uh, mentally and emotionally. Some of you may feel a little guilty that really, for the most part, um, you're, you're fine uh, and you're doing well. We've, we've joked, for all the introverts out there, you're living your best life now. Um, some of you may um, be doing really, quite frankly, well, and you feel um, a little guilty about that. Some of you may be I'm feeling tremendously anxious uh, and uncertain, uh, and you feel guilty about having those um, emotions as well. Uh, perhaps some of you have seen this as a time to bring about tremendous um, change um, in your life, uh, and you found that that hasn't worked out as well um, as you thought it would. You're not accomplishing the things that you thought you'd be accomplishing. Um, some of you may have wished your spouse would be more engaged in all the possible opportunities and changes that could be brought about at this time, uh, and they're not. Uh, I'm sorry, Paula. Um, you, you may be sort of all over the map um, on, on all of these things, and, and, and maybe quite frankly, in addition to being um, uncertain or anxious or fearful or frustrated, um, maybe to some degree you're, you're feeling tired, uh, not, not simply I'm tired of this, uh, but, but also tired um, mentally uh, and and emotionally and and uh, if you're anything like me to some degree I, I experience it's I, I feel a, a difficulty um, in focusing at this time which is perhaps what you're not hearing wanting to hear from your preacher um, at this point just a, just a difficulty um, in, in in focusing right now and and let me say um, not only for you and for me but we see in this portion of John's gospel placed before us this morning um, that Jesus enters into all of this 
um, and to all of these emotions and to all of these needs and to all of these experiences, uh, the, the human condition is such that we, that we typically erect barriers uh, around ourselves. But one of the things that we see demonstrated undeniably this morning is that barriers aren't barriers to Jesus, uh, that he comes and that he appears uh, in the midst um, of his followers. And it's important to note as well that, that Jesus appears not just mentally or spiritually, but Jesus appears physically to them. He is risen. Uh, he shows them um, his hands and his side. It's, it's undeniably Jesus who has defeated death, who has walked um, through death, who now appears before them and speaks to them words of hope speaks to them words uh, of restoration, speaks to them words of life um, and meaning, into the whole swirl of human emotion, into the whole swirl of their emotions, into the whole swirl of yours and my emotions. Jesus appears and steps into those and speaks words of hope, and he speaks words of restoration, uh, and he speaks words um, of direction. And we see that as we read the lesson, we, we see that changed. They go from despair um, to hope. They, they go from being lost um, to being purposeful. Um, and, and in many ways, I would propose to you that, that in this little brief passage, which we just read from John, we, we see Christianity represented. Uh, we see Christianity and the hope that it has for us represented because they, they begin in a place of, of need, uh, they begin in a place uh, of despair. They, they begin in a place um, of failure. Of course, um, you remember that they had promised to Jesus that they would be with him regardless, even to the point of death, they would be with him. And, and of course, they, as Jesus knew, they would. They had denied him. They had forsaken him. They had failed um, to listen to him. And, and they had run and they had been scattered. And now they're, they're gathered together behind locked doors, as, as John so succinctly says, um, in fear, uh, but, but no doubt in, in a sense of um, failure as well, uh, in a sense of loss, in a sense of despair. And, and, of course, we hear that Jesus comes and appears in the midst of them and, and wonderfully graciously, as is the character of God, in, in their lostness, in their stuckness, God um, comes to them. God seeks to them. And the word he speaks is not a word of deserved rebuke, uh, but it's a word of restoration, peace be with you is the word which is given to them, not a word of rebuke, a word of grace and restoration. Um, peace um, be with you, Jesus says to them. And, and he also demonstrates the means of their peace, and he demonstrates the means of our peace. The means of their peace, the means of our peace isn't um, our efforts and intentions. It's what God has accomplished for us in Jesus. It's by his wounds um, that we are healed. Jesus says, peace be with you, and he shows them his hands. He shows them his side, not only that they would know that it is Jesus who stands among, among them, but also it is by his wounds that you and I are restored. It's by his wounds that you and I have peace. It's by his wounds um, that you and I have a hope um, and a certainty. And one of the things that I would love to lift up to you this morning, and as I lift it up to you, I, I lift it up um, to myself as well, as we, we see that hope is given to them. Uh, change happens um, in their lives, and it's brought about not by their efforts and their intentions, but it's brought about by Jesus, the agent uh, of change, uh, the agent of, of hope is, is not um, their efforts. It's not yours and my efforts. It is by the grace and the intervention uh, and the power 
by Jesus coming uh, into the midst of them. And there's a, there's a word of new creation which goes forth. If you remember back to the beginning, the book of Genesis, uh, as God takes the dust of the earth and he breathes um, his breath into it, as he breathes his life into it, that which was lifeless um, suddenly has life. And Jesus is, is recreating that as he breathes on them and he says, receive Holy Spirit, receive life is what he says to them. Receive um, the power that is necessary um, for life. But also, wonderfully graciously, we see not only forgiveness um, going forth uh, from Jesus, but we also see restoration. Again, uh, the, the amazing thing about the Christian life, it, it speaks to human need, it speaks to God's um, intervention and God's intervention with both grace um, and, and power, but we also see not only uh, forgiveness um, happening, but, but trust and entrusting because a mission is given to Jesus' followers. A mission is given um, to you and to me as well. Those, those words, go, um, I am sending you. There's both grace uh, and imperative, um, the necessity to receive um, the Holy Spirit, the necessity to draw from the power of God rather than from yours and my power. And he says, go, I'm, I'm sending you. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. If you forgive the sins of any, um, they are forgiven. If, if you have a pause when you hear that, that's healthy. Uh, I'm, I'm, glad, uh, I'm glad to hear that because, of course, our, our immediate response to that is to say, I, I can't do that. Um, that, that's, I mean, as I say, I hope um, you have that initial um, experience to say, that, that's, that's too much for me. But what Jesus is giving to them, what Jesus is giving to you and to me, the, uh, the power and the commission that we're sent forth with is, is the message of the gospel. It is the absolutely essential and necessary message of the gospel, of, of human need, of human inability to save ourselves, uh, but the sufficiency of God to save uh, and to restore, and again, to take uh, people who were hopeless and lost and without purpose and to give them hope and purpose uh, and direction. We see Jesus um, stepping in. We see Jesus bringing all of this about by His power uh, and not ours. One of the things, and in, in, in thinking about um, our current time, and one of the things that I want to say to you is, is that this is a great time, and, and I don't mean that flippantly, when I say that this is a great time, and I, and I don't mean to diminish um, by any stretch uh, the, the very real hurt uh, and loss and suffering which is taking place right now, and, and, and really, uh, uh, of course, we all know it's, um, it's a long ways from over. Um, so much of the ramifications and the implications of this are, are, are you and I can't wrap our mind around it. We can't begin to fully um, understand. And so when I say that this is a great time, please know um, that I don't um, mean that flippantly. Uh, but what I mean by that is this. Um, inevitably, in our lives, God operates uh, and brings about change and brings about life uh, and brings about hope um, when we're not fine. God brings these things about in yours and my life when we're not fine. Uh, when, when we're fine, uh, more often than not, I mean, we, we may be thankful, but we don't necessarily see our deep and desperate um, need for Him. Growth and change um, in our lives and transformation in our lives doesn't, doesn't happen when we're fine, when everything is predictable, when everything is in control. It's when things um, are out of our control, when we recognize our deep and desperate need that God's amazing life and power and Holy Spirit moves um, to bring the change um, that we long for, to bring the change that we need, um, to give a real, lasting, and abiding hope 
Peter references that in the portion which we read this morning. He talks about times of struggle and trial in which we find ourselves as believers, but he also talks about that which has been given to us in Jesus. Uh, We've been given an inheritance which is imperishable. We've been given an inheritance uh, and a certainty which transcend um, the moment. And I think in many ways the time in which we find ourselves, and um, uh, I, I may be wrong to some degree, that's a preface I could say about anything I say, but I think the time in which we find ourselves is one, is one of active waiting. Uh, we, we're not um, inactive, uh, but it's a time of, it's a time of waiting. It's, it's a time of listening. It's a time of turning uh, and, and returning um, to God, the recognition of of our need. Again, that, that, that blessed time in which we find ourselves. I, I share a, a brief story I heard years ago. In, in South Carolina, in, in a small town, there was a, there was a lovely um, little historic uh, white church there um, in the town, sort of as you might imagine, you know, small town, um, painted white, uh, lovely um, church there. And, and sadly, um, in this town, a tornado came through, and the tornado, not only did it come through, but it, but it struck um, and destroyed um, that church. Uh, and after it had gone through, members of the church who had been there um, for, for years, and, and some of them for generations, came and they, and they gathered, and they were going about um, through um, uh, all of the destruction and, and looking for different things which they might gather up, things which they might save. And as they were going through it, um, this one man was chuckling um, and, and as he was chuckling, unfortunately, he was near one of the matrons of the church. And as you might imagine, she didn't think it was funny. Um, and and she, she, this wasn't social distancing. She got up in his face and she said, what's so funny? This isn't the least bit funny. And he said, look, I, he said, I, I, I apologize. I, I'm, I'm not uh, trying to make light of this. But I was, as we were going through all of this, I was thinking to myself, I can't wait to see what God makes of this. Uh, I can't see, I can't wait to see uh, what God makes of this. And so what I would lift up to you and to me is uh, we see demonstrated the amazing grace uh, and character of God who comes to us in these times and who is the agent of real hope um, in our lives, real um, change, real substance. When we realize our deep and desperate need for Him, um, His great work uh, is accomplished and He gives to us um, his spirit and his power um, for our lives. Uh, by his wounds, he heals us. By his wounds, um, he restores us. And as we um, conclude uh, this reflection this morning, uh, I, I ask you to think about, uh, uh, along with me, what are, what are some of the barriers? What are some of the things that, that uh, that, that are in the way? What are the things that we need Jesus um, to remove? What are the things that we need Him to move through? And what are the ways in which we've been trying to do it um, on our own um, fruitlessly? And I invite you along with me um, to turn and to look to Him, uh, to turn and to wait for Him, to turn uh, and to listen for Him, um, knowing of His ability to move um, through these barriers and to give hope and life and purpose to us um, once again not by us mustering up our power and intent, but by His intent. Uh, If you go back and remember in the 15th chapter uh, of John's gospel, Jesus says to His followers, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And that is the amazing um, good news. And as we think about um, where we have need uh, in our lives, I invite you along with me to pray.
Uh, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You for that which Your servant John um, shares with us, uh, that which He has recorded, that we might know that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing we may have life in His name. And Heavenly Father, we thank You for the gift of Your Son. And Lord Jesus Christ, You came um, into the world uh, that we might be saved through You. We recognize before You this day, and we offer up to You all of the, uh, our, our fears, um, our um, uncertainties, um, the things that we're trying to change that we find ourselves unable to change, um, the areas where we are stuck um, and uncertain. We offer all of these up to you, and we thank you um, that you are a God who not only has power, but who has grace and understanding, uh, for you experienced woundedness um, for us, that by your wounds we might be healed. So, Lord, we pray that you would pry away from us all of the barriers which we uh, have erected that get in your way, and we pray that you would pour out your Holy Spirit upon us, that we might find in you our, uh, our life, uh, our hope, and our salvation. And all this we ask and ourselves we offer to you. In your name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.